0: we we'll Hey there, welcome to the Bearded and Nerdy Podcast, your home for news and reviews for some of the biggest events in superhero culture. We're talking movies, TV shows, comics, conventions, you name it, I got it. I am your host, Michael Georgie, and today is a very exciting day because I get to bring a new series of podcasts to the table. It's something I've been working on for a a pretty long time, and it was actually a concept that I wanted to bring to the podcast when I recorded the very first episode, but... You know, time got away from us, all these movies came out, we were doing all these reviews, and I'm excited to finally get around to it. But first, we got some news to discuss. At the time I'm recording this, there have been some pretty alarming reports that were later confirmed by Sony regarding the future of Spider-Man in the MCU. You see, it looks like Sony and Disney have reached a kind of impasse regarding what they're going to be doing with Spider-Man. We don't know much, but we do know that Sony kind of loans Disney the rights to Spider-Man so that way Peter Parker can be featured in the MCU. Uh, Tom Holland started portraying Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War and has been doing that since, but that may no longer be the case. We don't really know why, but... Before I present any opinions, I definitely am waiting for some more details. There's a lot of conjecture going around regarding the future of Spider-Man. I know uh, there's there's a lot of conjecture surrounding Tom Holland and whether or not he'll continue to play Spider-Man if Sony takes over. Who knows? Let's wait for those details and let's discuss it once we got a little bit more evidence. Plus, we got some pretty crazy stuff to discuss because we got to get to this new series. This new series is called. From the source. And basically what I wanted to do with this series is take a character or a construct or a storyline from, from a superhero movie or a TV show and figure out where exactly they got it from. Where the source is. What, what book did they get this from? What storyline did they get this from? How did they adapt it? from the page to the screen and my goal with this is not only to develop a greater understanding as to why we enjoy some of those elements or characters or storylines so much But to get us into a little bit more reading, because the world of comic books is pretty vast, it can oftentimes be intimidating, right? So for example, say you love Batman. Your first instinct would probably be to go read the first Batman issue, but the Batman in that first Batman issue is not necessarily the Batman that you get that you're familiar with from the movies and from the TV shows. He's changed a lot. Plus, you got to go through about 80 years of material, and in that 80 years, there's there's deaths, there's going backwards, there's going forwards, there's inter- interdimensional travel. It, it can be real crazy. So localizing a certain concept to a particular self-contained story is honestly the best way to go about reading comics. And hopefully this series of podcasts gives you some suggestions as to where to start. And I would be, I'd be pretty happy if I got a text one day saying, hey, I listened to your podcast. And... I went out, I bought a book, I read it, and I loved it. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get another one. That'd be sick. That'd be rad. I love exposing people to the world of comic books, and I think that it's a really great thing and develops a much bigger appreciation for some of these characters. Now, it was kind of hard to describe or to figure out exactly where I wanted to start with this because there's dozens of movies and countless episodes of TV shows where to start. But in April... We just got Endgame. We all love the Avengers. So I figured, let's start with the Avengers. Let's start with Avengers number one. We love those characters. We love Steve Rogers. We love Thor. We love Iron Man. We love the relationships between these characters. And we love the way they were formed. So where did all that come from? And it might, be, it might be easy to go ahead and think, well, yeah, it came from the Avengers comics, but that's not necessarily the case. In fact, a lot of people, when the first Avengers movie came out, they were actually able to cite pretty much one book. There's one run of comics that this movie clearly took from. In fact, a lot of people go, or will go so far as to say that the first Avengers film is a homage to this particular run of comics. So let's just get right into it. This run of comics is called The Ultimates. And it was written in 2002 by Mark Miller and Brian Hitch. And it was a part of Marvel's Ultimate Universe. So let's backtrack. What are the Ultimates? What is Marvel's Ultimate Universe? Well, back in the early 2000s, Marvel was in a state of pretty steep decline. They'd actually filed for bankruptcy. And as kind of a last-ditch effort, they had decided to reestablish their characters, to reimagine them in a post-Internet world uh, and basically kind of restart. This allowed new characters to be. This allowed old characters to be rewritten without decades and decades of material uh, behind it. So creators were able to get a little bit more creative because they didn't have to worry about what happened in Spider-Man 3, and new readers were able to get right into it because they didn't have to. They didn't have to get caught up. They didn't have to start reading in the 60s to know what was happening in the year 2000. And it really breathed, it breathed a lot of life into, into Marvel. And is probably solely responsible for saving Marvel Comics, to be honest. So, what are the Ultimates? Well, the Ultimates is Mark Miller's retelling of the Avengers. And it was pretty pretty highly acclaimed. It was pretty well received. Which is interesting because when I say that the Avengers were reimagined, it absolutely was the Avengers. The way the Mark Miller, the way that Mark Miller wrote it, was was pretty cynical. It was pretty dark, and which is something you don't expect, given that so much of this book was put into the MCU, which ultimately is pretty optimistic when you uh, take out the Infinity War aspect of it. So, where are those similarities? What exactly did come from the Ultimates? That what can we think? The ultimates for that we appreciate so much in the mcu well let's talk about the formation of the avengers in the in the ultimates the avengers were created as by nick fury as a means of solving problems that the earth didn't know about yet that concept that we see in the avengers is taken directly from the ultimates this is no coincidence the russo brothers uh who are heavily involved they directed a bunch of the avengers and marvel films and have had their hands in the mcu pretty much since the beginning they're huge comic book fans in fact joe russo wrote the ford for the trade paperback uh, for volume one of the ultimates reissue so he is not shy about saying yeah there's a lot from this particular run of books that that I decided to put into the movies. And this could be because Mark Miller kind of retold the Avengers in a way that's a little bit more realistic, in a way that we as a 21st century society can kind of imagine. We can kind of imagine that the Avengers would be more or less a uh, a secret initiative at first. We can understand that this would be a somewhat of a government operation. But the similarities between the Ultimates and the MCU doesn't stop there. The, another one is actually the, the entire team structure. So get this. The Ultimates is comprised of Nick Fury, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk, uh, Black Widow, Hawkeye, uh, Wasp, and Ant-Man. Again, this is not how it was in the original Avengers. In fact, the original Avengers, the lineup changed right after the second issue, and the first one didn't feature, like, say, uh, oof, I don't, it's hard to remember, actually, who exactly was in the first one, but there was a lot of folks, missing. Captain America wasn't even in the first Avengers uh, lineup, and after the second issue, that changed, and the lineup changed pretty heavily, but at no point did it feature this exact lineup. This exact lineup comes directly from, from the Ultimates. And you might be thinking, well, the Wasp and Ant-Man aren't in the first Avengers movie. And we're getting a little deep here, but if you look at the concept art for the original Avengers lineup for the movie, you see that Wasp and Ant-Man are actually in there. So they were intended to be in there. Again, another similarity that the uh, Russo brothers decided to uh, toss into the pot. And again, it's because... This book is—it's realistic. It's hyper realistic. It's not. It doesn't have that sort of whimsical, uh, fantastic comic book vibe. It is very much so supposed to feel like this is how it would be if the Avengers existed in our world today. Now, of course, the MCU reimagined it in a in a much more positive light. Another, and the last similarity, and probably the most significant similarity is. The, the appearances of the characters. I mean, if you look at Black Widow and Hawkeye, the whole all-black S.H.I.E.L.D. uniform, especially the relationship between the two that they were already members of S.H.I.E.L.D. is... Before the Avengers even formed, is another concept t- taken directly from the Ultimates. Uh, Nick Fury with the eye patch and like the trench coat and all that—all that is directly from the Ultimates. So if you go back and you read this book, you don't really gotta start from scratch if you've seen the seen the Avengers. You already kind of know the the dichotomy. You know the relationship between uh, Shield and the Avengers. So these are huge, huge traits that were just you know lifted from this book and put into the movies because they're so compelling but that's kind of where our similarities stop because there is a massive contrast between the mcu and the ultimates and the ultimate series one like i said the ultimate series is pretty dark it's pretty cynical and that's just kind of Mark Miller's style. It's, it's Mark Miller's thing to reimagine heroes in a darker sense. And that is the case here. So let's discuss those contrasts. What is different? Well, if you're looking for a book about superheroes that do the right thing, you should probably turn away because the way Mark Miller kind of sees it in this book, when you get a bunch of people that have abilities that put them above the law, they're not always going to do the right thing. There isn't always a good and an evil. Not to say that they're doing the wrong thing, but they're, their motives are a little flawed. They are real people. And they have very some of them have very selfish reasons for fighting the fight that they're doing. So a lot of the book is centered around making the ultimates as they describe them. They are called the ultimates in this book. They're not called the Avengers. They're... The, the focus is largely on making them look good in the public eye. And that is actually where a lot of their problems lie. Um, Hulk is featured heavily in this book, and he becomes quite a bit of an issue. He's not an asset. He's he's a problem. And the Hulk, oftentimes, uh, he's a, he's a big deal in this because he is both kind of a hero and a villain in this book in the sense that his own motives oftentimes trump the overall the overall mission of the ultimates they are they are kind of selfish people so let's take a look at some of those individual characters right let's take a look at true and blue captain america from the mcu that is not how he is in the ultimates in fact the way he is in the ultimates is almost a little too believable right captain america is a surviving, as a surviving veteran from World War II, he is from the '40s. So his the way he carries himself and the way he acts doesn't always translate well to the 21st century. He is he's you know he's a patriot he's from the 40s so he's pretty neoconservative um the way he he's a li- the way he approaches relationships the way he approaches women the way he approaches that machismo is very much so indicative of that overtly masculine 1940s guy so he doesn't always he's not necessarily uh as politically correct as we would like him to be um, in the 21st century and they address that the other characters have a really hard time with that uh, let's look at thor for example in this book it's it's questionable whether or not thor is actually a god you know so thor you know claims that he has the power of odin he claims that he is the god of thunder but he's a protest hippie he doesn't want to join the ultimates because it's a government organization and he finds that the government whenever they whenever they get involved in anything war and violence is is afoot and he doesn't want to get involved with that and as a result the arrest of the ultimates they know he's powerful so they want him there and they know that he's got powers but they don't really quite believe that he's a god in fact they think he's kind of crazy and for my Thor fans, including myself, this can be kind of an issue. Uh, let's look at Ant-Man and Wasp. The fact that they have massive domestic abuse issues. Wasp is like an alien of sorts. It's it's an incredibly different reimagination. And the that actually, that's a really dark, it's a really dark and a really kind of scary uh, portion of this book. But again, Mark Miller writes it in a way that's kind of hyper-realistic. And it makes us analyze how is this how it would be is this how would our what our heroes have these problems would they be perfect people uh hulk is hulk is kind of classic in the sense where he's a little less restrained bruce banner does legitimately have an issue controlling the hulk and the hulk is very much so a different entity and he's he's volatile he's scary he doesn't really he has a personality but it's not good he is very much so driven by anger and the underlying thoughts of banner so hulk kind of sympathizes with the issues and the struggles that banner goes through but doesn't uh, but does it always take it out in the best of ways? So again, this is it's dark. It's violent. There's, there's blood. It's messy. And ultimately, it's just important to describe the Avengers are toxic. Uh, they are put together um, as a means of, yeah, they're, they're trying to fight the good fight, but they're only together because they have powers. They're not together because they are necessarily good people. And it's all about the PR, it's all about looking good, so that way the public can be okay with these superpowered individuals being above the law. And it's just crazy how staged it is and how imperfect it is. And that's what kind of makes it such a compelling read. So how should we look at this text? Is it is it just edgy or is this actually how it would be? And to me, if you look at it from the perspective of yeah, it makes total sense that these characters would be this way. It would make total sense that the characters would be kind of a toxic force in the world. Even though the public is perceiving them as good people, when you look at their internal relationships, it makes it a little bit more powerful. Uh, I've talked to folks that think that The Ultimates is a little too much. They really do imagine these reimagine these characters, but overall, I really, really do enjoy this book. I do have my criticisms but that might largely be due to my own familiarity with the characters but i urge you to make your own decision so go out there go to a local comic book store or order it on amazon again i prefer if you order it from a local comic book store go to a comic book store if they don't have it and a lot of them do Uh, Have them order it for you Um, The ultimates volume one is a great place to start. It's a trade paperback and it's not a long read It's very self-contained You don't got to know anything going into it. and You don't got to know anything coming out of it There's a second volume but largely what I was discussing today focuses on that first volume You can probably get through it if you read a little bit every day. You can get through it in a few days It's not too much and it really provides a unique perspective on these characters and perhaps it makes you, even if you don't like the way the characters are in the book, it makes you appreciate the way the characters are in the movies so much more. I highly recommend this read and I highly recommend that you take a look at some of the other movies and you tell me, you ask me, where maybe where did this concept come from? Maybe we discuss the Infinity Gauntlet storyline and stuff like that. I would love to discuss this a little bit more. Duncan and I have been doing some powwows, and we are excited to be bringing uh, forward some more characters and some more storylines in the future. Uh, Cannot wait to bring more from the source to the Bearded and Nerdy podcast. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this series. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed me rambling on for uh, going on about 20 minutes now. And I hope that you go out there and you read some comic books. Uh, that's going to be it for me. Uh, give me some suggestions. Uh, I, I can be found on Instagram on at bearded underscore and underscore nerdy. If you got me on Facebook, shoot me a message. I'd be more than happy to take those suggestions. That's all for now. See you next time. Peace.